Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And guess who's here today? Elaine Clayton's here. She has this awesome new book out. It's The Way of the Empath. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding it up. That's my little marker in there. There's so many things in here I've marked in this book. It's crazy. You guys, I want you guys to share this show for people who are empaths and for people who know empaths, because it will help you understand us. So welcome to High Road to Humanity, Elaine. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm completely uh, thrilled. I'm going to float away. If you see me float away, it's because I'm so thrilled. It's an awesome book. So this this is really going to be great. I want to read just a little bit in the beginning. So you guys sit back and relax a second. And I just, this is important that you understand what this is about. So empathic sensing is the art of seeing the unseen and welcome, welcome the mysteries of life through psychic events and fun encounters with yourself and others. Living as an empath means embracing the ideal of heart-centered intelligence by attuning to the experiences and well-being of others. Empaths seek to live a life of generosity through sensing and quiet knowing. Now, this intuitive intelligence, this psychic clarity is the hallmark of knowing from the heart, the pinnacle of empathic knowledge. And that's where it comes from. It comes from the heart. Now, I'm going to go on and read the second paragraph because this is so important. An impasse life is not an ordinary life. I can vouch for that. It requires the strength of a lion because it takes real courage to be empathic. This form of artful living asks that you develop your imagination, your curiosity, and your consciousness in an extraordinary way that you discover how your perceptions guide and inform you, how they shape you, and at times challenge you. It encourages you to step into your own innate role as a creator and work to bring compassion and an open heart to yourself and to others. That's the beginning of the book. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you for reading that. It was interesting for me to hear you read. I don't think I've heard anyone else read, you know, aloud what I've written. And it's a new book. So, you know, but I haven't really heard that. So that was kind of a gift you just gave me, your voice and everything. That that it came from your heart. I could feel that in your voice. I feel this, you know, I'm an empath. Gosh, I've got chills. And I know what it's like. And it hasn't been easy to be on this planet as an empath. And this is needed. This is like a manual, you guys, for all of us empaths that are here right now raising the vibration. And I thank you for writing it because we need it. I recommended it yesterday to one of my clients because I knew we, we would be talking today. And I said, you have to watch the show so you understand. Um, before I get into your story, because I want to hear your story and I want the audience, even though you've been on the show before, I want you to talk about what it's like to be an empath. I got, I did receive a message from Gabriel. I don't want to take away from the book, but I do like to put out what he tells me. It's a short message, but very powerful. 
So today is April 1st, 2022. And this is what um, I received today, the message I received for you, the people. Tell the people of the planet Earth to not fear what they are being shown as not all of what you see is truth. Revealing the actual picture will come down the road. For now, believe in love and know that you will learn from these times. Grow and elevate your souls as compassion and kindness become part of your life, not war, anger, and greed. Love will encompass this entire planet as we change our vibrations to ascend to a higher frequency of love. Gabriel. So. That's beautiful. What he had to say. Now let's talk about. Love, I love that game. I hope Gabriel is here with us. Always with us. With us here now. <laughs> you know, if you guys want to bring Gabriel in, you just bring him in like this. Yeah, just okay. We're having. And he's here and you can do the same thing I do because I'm not special. Y'all can do the same thing. You are special, but everyone is special. But you are special in the way that only you can be special. Thanks, Elaine. Right? A miracle upon us. Thanks, Elaine. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Elaine Clayton is an artist and author and illustrator of several books for children and adults on intuitive intelligence. She's an intuitive reader, a Reiki master, a teacher of intuitive empathic development. She's taught in premier independent schools in Atlanta, Boston, and New York City. And as visiting author and artist in cities around the US, Elaine has also worked in community aid organizations at Cesar Chavez Migrant Camp. It goes on, she's got a really long, um, bio, but I'm really glad you're here. I want you to tell the audience about being an empath, like your own story, Elaine, what happened and, you know, kind of give an idea of what it was like for you. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, it, it comes in layers, you know, like, so when you're young, you may feel, this is how I felt in classroom, let's say, like I'm the observer, not so much part of it all and accepting the agenda. I was observing the agenda. Now, one of the reasons why I think is I was noticing the way the light shined around the teacher's head. And I didn't know there was a word for that until much later. And the way I found out is a really interesting story. It even has Hank Aaron in it. But so, yeah, so when you're watching that beautiful light, around people and things, um, the energy of that is so blissful to see that, you know, it's not as compelling as whatever they're talking about. Um, or that you could be aware that people around you are upset or um, nervous or something. And, and everyone would act like that wasn't true. They would act like they didn't know it or, or didn't see it, you know. And um, now I understand as an adult and I've taught myself that you, you, you know, you're there and you're in your role, but you know, I, so anyway, starting out, I think I felt like a little detached from everything. And then, and I always had really intense dreams and um, I mean, like, and I had to carry that every day and it sometimes felt like my third eye was still just right here, you know, like, something was right here. Can I ask you a question? Did you dream about past lives or did you dream about the future? Name it. I dreamed about what was really going on, you know, like in relationships, like the dynamic and adults relationships and things. It would be symbolic, but you would get the point. Um, 
overwhelming um, dreams that um, were just completely full color and cinematic. Um, so sometimes I dreamed about, um, you know, really it was like a portal to understanding or seeing the hard truth about things around me at, in that era of life. Um, but I also think I was astral traveling a lot too. Okay. And yeah, and stuff like that. So my dad helped me and I dedicated this book to my dad because no, I saw that yeah. it's my dad. That was really nice. Well, both parents were real responsible for being so tuned in heart centered and compassionate. So really, you know, it's both, but my dad in particular had helped me with dreams and he helped me understand that, um, though they can be so overwhelming. What happened is I, I came out, this was in the sixties. So I came out, uh, to where my parents were entertaining people and my dad was mixing drinks. They were like the cream de mint or something, you know, we don't do that. Those drinks much anymore, but it was risky sours. <laughs> yeah. It was a mod party, you know? And so he, he said, what are you doing up? And I said, well, I had a bad dream and I was terrified to, t I mean, I was, this dream was so bad. And he said, well, um, what was it about? And I said, I can't tell you. Oh, and he said, why can't you tell me? And I said, because I'll get in trouble. And he said, no, you can't get in trouble for your dreams. And that was huge. And then I remember the fear mounting as I blurted out this dream. And it had to do with the dynamic between my mom and dad and religion. It was all in there. Well, it'll take a while to tell that part, but it was you think kids don't get themes, they get all of it. They just don't have the way to verbalize it. Right. But he gave me this beautiful gift in saying, you can't get in trouble for your dreams. It's okay to share them. Right. And he even laughed a little because he knew he saw the truth in my dream. Uh, and so it, it deflated it. So while a dream feels overwhelming, there's also something about them that you don't have to take completely seriously. You could, it's a mix. It's okay. Um, and then throughout life, I felt like he was real tuned in spiritually and things like that. And very intuitive as a physician, very intuitive. He was a physician. Yeah. See, isn't that wonderful? Cause he probably yeah. was with his patients. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the most intuitive person to this day. He's 90, he'll be 93 in July. And I, I still ask him questions. He's never wrong about these things. He's so intuitive. Wow. So I get medical advice still. But anyway, as I got older, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, it wasn't like I was always this great, kind, empathic person. I was a teenager. I made mistakes. I would get hurt and, you know, be hurtful back and all that. So it's not about who's more perfect or something. But yeah, caring. But, yeah, but I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt sure. you. When did you realize that you were reading other people's energy? And when did you start seeing? Because that, that happened to me and it freaked me out because you start to see. Yes. Well, that, well, I was always seeing and seeing the auras and, and understanding things that I didn't talk about because I thought everybody saw that. I didn't know. And um, but it was but the moment when I realized something else is happening with me energetically um, is and it, this wasn't necessarily about being psychic that, that I just already, you already knew that. But the thing is, it was that I came home one day, I had a great day. It was a beautiful day. And I was suddenly aware that I felt terrible, it, you know, like nervous, anxious. 
And I thought I dealt with it for a few moments. And I said to myself out loud for the first time, wait a minute, I had a good day. This, this isn't mine. And then I had to do so consciousness, you know, being consciously aware that I absorbed some feelings that weren't even mine. Then I had to meditate a little, sit down and think, where did I get this? Whose is it? How come I feel this way? Because I had a good day Mm -hmm. and I, I um, processed that. And then I, after that, I had to do that all the time because at least, thank God, at least I realized that a lot of the things that I was feeling weren't even mine. And I, and then it was a lifelong process up to this day, how to recognize that how to not be responsible for other people as much as you want to see people be well, no one can fix me. I'll have to fix me. Right. But I get help from people in the same way we help people as much as we can, but it was, it's like a process. And the other thing that you said, how hard it is to be an empath. It is because guess what? One of the things I think happens to empaths is not only do you get attracted to people who maybe have wounds that, you want to make better unconsciously. Um, You also, what happens is you end up in dire situations sometimes or very painful situations that, you know, teach you what it feels like to be in that situation. Right. If you're an empath, what kind of good are you? If someone says, right. Yeah. And that's when I look back at, even when I was teaching before I had kids and things, how many dumb things, did, insensitive things did I say? Because I didn't know yet. I would much rather know. So I am grateful a little bit for some of the hardest, hardest things I've been through because then you know more. You can be a lot more of a presence for someone. Right. We've got to go to commercial break. Let's talk more about this when we come back. You're exactly right. Um, I feel like the same thing, Aline. I had to go through different things so I would know what it felt like to, so I could help other people at this point in our lives. That's what we're doing. You guys, the book is The Way of the Empath. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yearout, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, 
nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl, and this is High Road to Humanity, and I'm here today with Elaine Clayton. This is her new book. It's The Way of the Impact, and at the top it says, free yourself, empower yourself, protect yourself. And these are some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about how to protect ourselves. Elaine's going to show how she uses her intuitive abilities to draw. Um, we've had her on the show before. You can see the beautiful painting behind her. So we have a lot of material to cover. So this is going to be a great show, you guys. Something in here that I marked and, and put down is when you uh, go to the chapter of dreams, signs, and synchronicity, you say empaths are dream dreamers and daydreamers. That is so true. And then you turn the page. I have to read this, you guys. And these are some of the signs that empaths say they notice regular regularly. And every one of these is true. Cardinals. And you say, it's my grandmother saying hello. Coins. I found one in the shower as it came out of nowhere. This happens to me all the time, by the way. Feathers. I heard an owl outside my window. In my mind, I asked it for one of its feathers. The next day, while walking the dog in the backyard, I found a huge owl feather behind a tree. And repeating numbers, 333, 1111, Mine's like 444 right now. Isn't that wild how it happens? Yeah. And I just, I didn't realize until I read your book, I mean, I knew people did this, but it's empathic to do this, isn't it? Talk about this. I think it is. And I think it's empathic to notice it, to be in a playful, you know, when I said we're dreamers and daydreamers, Mm -hmm. so much about being intuitive is very playful, like a child in their imagination. You know, think about when children turn the living room into um, Cinderella's dungeon, and it really, 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 really is. They're not, they're not mad because it's not there. It is. And then they turn it into the palace and then it is that they, they understand that the visual imagery that happens and the energy that happens in, in the imagination is so essential. And so when you're empathic, that is in there. And, and so when you notice synchronicity I mean nothing is more exciting to me than a synchronistic thing that happens and that is so thrilling and then if you're in the shower and a dime falls as if from nowhere how did a dime get in the shower you already took all of your clothes I mean there's just no way but if you're very practical and businessy in your head all the time and tasky and all that you might just end up saying nothing to yourself about it. You might notice it. Oh, who dropped that there? And then, you know, pick it up and put it away, but not have that intuitive, spiritually alive moment where you go, that's mysterious. What happened? You know, and if you see cardinals and other birds, you know, um, 
when do you see them and what do they mean? The Native Americans taught us how to do that or, that, you know, something that's so beautiful and honoring the earth is to realize the animals give us gifts by who they are and what their uh, strengths are and all that. So um, being tuned into nature is really part of being empathic as well. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I just think it's so exciting when these things happen that, Part of it, though, is it's a co-creation. You have to acknowledge that it's happening and play with it. Right. You're willing to accept that there may be a message in there for you. Well, I wrote down a couple things that you said. In the book, you say, empaths live in a powerful state of receiving that which seems almost impossible to others. They are open to receiving as a way of life. And that's true. I mm -hmm. mean, when I say honey, I know it's a message from heaven. You know, people mm -hmm. say, I, I just know it is. And the same thing with the birds. I have roadrunners and I don't see them, but when I see them a lot, it's confirmation yeah. that I'm on the right track. Yes, it is. It's, it, 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 it just absolutely has volume of information for us if we pay attention. Well, and then you talk about telepathic um, communication a little bit. Mm -hmm. you, say, mm -hmm. you don't have to be in close physical proximity to others to sense their energy empathically, either to feel their feelings or to realize that they feel yours. And this is how I knew my husband was cheating on me. <laughs> I, I talk about it now. Um, yeah. I was so empathic that I could literally see the girl. Uh, I had that happen too. You had the same thing. Yeah. Plus I had a funny thing, which was coyotes were howling outside the window in an area where you might hear them in the distance occasionally. A whole pack was right outside my bedroom window, snarling and hit, you could hear their saliva. I mean, they were that close. And that's the trickster, a little bit of deception and things like that. And I, and I you know, I noticed, I thought, oh my God, oh no, not coyote, not trickster. Yeah, so you know, you get clued in, you get clued in. You know, the truth is always, you know, the joke's on all of us because deception is eventually revealed. You know, yeah. And we're all, we're all human. So I'm not trying to be judgy or anything. I'm just saying right. you, get, you do get guided. You, hmm? We're perceptive. Yeah. Yeah. We know that's the thing about impasse. And I just want to say this and, and I want you to tell me your feeling. You can't lie to me. No, no, no. Yeah. I can tell like even my kids when they're growing up, you know, yeah. To me, I I've always had this. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. So if you tell me something and it's not the truth, I know you're lying. Do you have that? Do all impasse have that? Yeah. You just, you just take it in and then, you know, it's a quiet knowing sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's really not so subtle. Sometimes it sucks. Yeah, a lot of times. What'd you say? It sucks. Yeah, it can. <laughs> it really can. Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't know. To me, the worst thing in the world as an empath is to be lied to. Because, and especially when people know or think they know who we are. Because yeah. it's almost, it's insulting. Yeah, it is. And, and then the other thing about it, which is kind of interesting, and this is the other part that's intuitive. And it's an, an intuitive skill to develop is how much can come in that the that you feel in your body and one of the energy centers 
of the body, maybe your stomach, you get it in your gut or you feel it in your heart um, or it's in your throat. So, you know, you should speak up or whatever comes in, comes in, but the brain hasn't figured it out. The brain that we act like is so great for everything. And it's part of everything, but it in the mind, we haven't been able to process it. You need time to go and do that, but you already received and already know when something isn't good for you, when something is said and it's not necessarily your truth as you believe, the mind has to have its time to figure that out because it's the rest of the body's already told us how often do we ignore that? We ignore it. Well, and this is even with food. I just, as you, yeah. this is with everything, um, impasse. Yes. If I, I, there's certain things now I can't eat as I become more and more and more empathic. My body rejects it. Mm-hmm. That happened to you as well. Well, absolutely. Um, and I don't know if, if I said much about this in the book, but I was one of those people always sensitive to wheat. For example, I would notice right. that my stomach would get real big and, th- but I felt it yeah. almost made me feel like eating more of it was real weird. And, and that is what happens with insensitivity to that. So you can be extremely sensitive to food and to chalk on the chalkboard or to Patient. anything. Yeah. Anything wool, a, a, a little thread on my body that is, you know, the tag or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and these, that sensitivity is a form of intelligence. It makes the adults think, why is that kid squirming? They're not with the program. We got to figure out this. But the truth is, it's for survival. If it were a spider and you knew it, you might be alive because you felt it. The person who didn't feel the little thread, you know, could die because of the spider bite more than, you know, so it's like, hey, there's stop being hard on sensitive people because actually it's a form of intelligence. I want to talk about that for a second. Clothing. Um, you know, I have learned over time, just intuitively, that I can't wear wool. Mm-hmm. And I can't wear anything that doesn't breathe. Like mm-hmm. I have to have co- more cotton because yeah. the polyester or nylon or whatever that is, it doesn't breathe. Yeah. And I can't, my body can't tolerate it. Isn't that interesting? Yes. And, and I think also the psychometry aspect of it, you're touching, let's say you go and there's stuff on the rack and you touch it. And you get a feeling you don't like the feeling. It may be the perfect thing, but you don't like the feeling. And it's not the material. It's not the design. It's it's maybe a lot about the story of how it came about. Maybe someone getting paid a nickel a week had to, you know, pick it up part of the sweatshop energy and you're um, feeling all that stuff. Okay. You know, nylon, I don't know. You could look into it. What happens when things are made of nylon? There's there's a lot there. No, there is. And I, you know, it's funny. My daughter had mentioned to me um, that, you know, these fabrics that aren't natural um, aren't good for us. They have different Mm -hmm. dyes and different things in them. And I think that's what it is more than anything. You know, um, we've only got a couple of minutes, but I want you to start talking about your drawing and then we'll go into it more in the next segment. Um, And this is what you say. And she's so wonderful. She did a reading for me. I don't know if you guys, I want you to look at the painting behind um, her because it's um, Elaine does beautiful, beautiful art, but she did a reading for me and the way she does it. I'm just amazed by what you do is that I'm she, amazed by what you do. I do have to say that. 
Oh, well, thank you. This we was did. a reading exchange. <laughs> we did. You read for me too. <laughs> awesome. Um, but she draws and it's so interesting. And she says, and I want to preface this and then we'll get into it in the next segment. So impact drawing, she says, dreaming, especially freestyle drawing done in the flowing stream of consciousness offers an immediate mode of creative expression. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Her book is The Way of the Empath. It's by Elaine Clayton, How Compassion, Empathy, and Intuition Can Heal Your World. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Hold your head high, the world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparkingwholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out with the Road to Humanity, and the book is The Way of the Empath. I'm talking to Elaine Clayton here, and this, if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding her book up. Elaine, how do people get in contact with you? What's your um, contact information? Well, my website, you can send me a message through my website. It's elaineclayton.com, so that's easy. And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I, I try to do Twitter, but I'm not such a great Twitter person. I'm not either, actually. <laughs> Okay, cool. I don't know why. Talk to us about this is how drawing is how you, I feel, express yourself intuitively. Is that right? Yeah, I think that what I, how I focus on drawing is that take us back as humans to the caves Mm. when even in our most instinctual period, we knew a surface was symbolic of our presence as people who are alive with a chance to make your mark, you know, I mean, seriously. And they used the cave to do that. Wow. Look what happens when I just press my hand against that, you know, and blow some pain around it. It's so thrilling to be human and to make a difference. We did come to make a difference because like, you know, we were talking earlier, 
there are no two of us alike. So you can do a thing and someone else can do a thing that's the same, but it's not the same because there is no other you. It is miraculous. So drawing freely is one of the first things babies do. They draw with the food on their high, you know, high chair tray. They draw on the walls and get in trouble for it, right? We get in trouble. Well, so I realized that fades out because they get messages not to draw while we're talking about math. Are you drawing? Put that down. You know, you're staying in for recess or you're going to miss art. You know, something gets taken away because you're caught drawing. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. Um, doodling. I used to always doodle. Doodling is like really a good way to express yourself. You know, right? it is. And I, that's why I don't even use the word doodle. I say stream drawing because they would say, oh, that's just a doodle. Well, no, it actually was a cool thing. I was concentrating. I was creating. So I try to take out whatever's condescending and sort of um, devaluing about it because I think we're at our strongest when we do something creative. And if you close your eyes and use your non-dominant hand and draw real freely, it feels so good. And you're in a meditation state, almost like a dream, but no one's criticizing you because there's no wrong way to do it. You're not criticizing you and you are creating. So it's a meditation and a way to create. So that's why I had to include it in this book because so much happens. I mean, it's really hard to just stop and go, hmm. you know, usually everything comes in your mind and you don't have time and you whatever. Or it happens um, that you are intuitive when you're just driving in the car because you're coasting. Same thing when you draw like that with your non-dominant hand and your eyes closed. Um, you can really actually transport yourself in a, into a, an empathic state. Um, and how I have it in this is a little bit of that stream drawing. And then the other is what uh, you did since um, I taught at the Paideia School years ago. They let you, they great about letting teachers innovate. And I was 20 something, 25 or something. And I had kids draw and it's like an, an art school, you call it blind contour. You can't see what you're drawing. You are so focused on the subject and drawing a contour of that subject that you're really feeling how it would feel to be them. And Ooh. then you don't look at your paper because if you do, you'll go, oh, that's not right. You know, and you'll start doubting and the whole thing. But if you really concentrate on someone else while you're drawing their contour, it's magical. And you go again, you go into an intuitive state and a free creative state. And everyone should try it because it you, you do feel the person's um tension in their body or however they're standing or, or whatever uh, gesture they're making, you really start to feel it. How would it feel like to be that person? I like how you say, how does it feel? You know, and you, you guys want to check out, we did a show, Elaine and I did a show um, on her book, Making Marks, Discovering the Art of Intuitive Drawing. Um, when did we do this? About a month or two ago. Yeah, too long ago. You know, time went fast. I missed you. <laughs> I want to talk to Nancy again, you know. I want to see her draw. I mean, because you drew on the show, remember? Yeah, that was so fun. Thanks for having me do that, letting me do that. I think I wanted to draw with you, you know? Yeah. And that was not the blind contour. That was uh, stream drawing, eyes closed, non-dominant hand. And then there's the gazing place where as an intuitive, empathic person, you might have fun 
daydreaming about the imagery and see what comes. And again, this is about being willing to go inside, have an, an inner conversation where you, you notice how even a subtle line makes you feel because a jagged line makes us feel very different from an arcing line like a rainbow. We have so many responses to everything around us and it's intuitive, but we were conditioned not to pay attention to that. We were, to, we were told to pay attention to how to get an A, um, win or lose, win or lose, you better win because if you lose, you're going to be so humiliated. I know. You know, that was more important than the person next to you was crying. Right. That's terrible. That's a tragedy. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing teachers because again, I've had to teach, you know, and be that person who the joke was on me. I had to be the one in that role and you have to try to do your best with the role that you're in. But I think we're, hopefully we're going to change and we are changing gradually in schools where um, we can, you know, allow each other. Be more kind to each other, you know? Yeah, be kind. I mean, it's almost, that's even being weaponized now, almost like being, having empathy is like being a snowflake or something and being, not having an empathy is whatever word people want to say. The truth is we're just all human. We all know what it feels like when someone does not care about how we feel and it feels terrible. And yet we are responsible for ourselves. You don't have to rush in to take care of someone in a way that is harmful to you or in some way detrimental or whatever, but just engaging in who we are as humans, it makes the world so much better. Um, do you remember in the Ukraine war early on? So tragic, but the, the Russian soldiers that were captured, um, the Ukrainians had them call their mothers. Call your mother. Tell her you're okay. That's that's who we really, really are. We don't, I don't think we really want to destroy each other. Yeah. Not collectively. There may be some who really, really want to do that. And yeah, and not to get into the whole thing, and if you don't mind, I think it's it's a few. It's just a few. I think the collective, I really believe that the collective is becoming more compassionate, uh, more to the uh we, we want peace. We don't want all this destruction. I think so. I think so. All this controversy. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about self-protection. It's really important. Um, I had a girl yesterday that I spoke with that I did a reading with, and she was an empath. She didn't realize she was an empath. It's funny. You know, I can remember when somebody told me what I was. There's like a word for it. Oh, is that what I am? I'm an empath. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, there are certain things that we can do um, as empathic per people to help ourselves. Mm -hmm. One thing I do is I have selenite all through my house. I have it around mm -hmm. my computer. I have it by my bed. Mm -hmm. This clearing stone that is um, one of the most powerful crystals. I use this. I do my head. I do my mm -hmm. arms. It mm -hmm. may seem really weird to you guys, but it's how I get the energy off of me. Well, I'll tell you what, if you doubt the, the frequency differentiation between crystals, just get a bunch of different crystals like fluoride, rose quartz, you know, just mix it up and then actually hover your hand over them one at a time. They will not feel the same. I, and I, but I used to laugh about crystals. Ah, ha, ha, that's so silly. I mean, you know, lightheartedly. 
until my son, my older son was in third or fourth grade and they had a rock shop. They did rock hounding and I, and that they were selling them. And I picked a few up. One made me feel like I was brushing my teeth sort of minty all over. I put that one down and I picked up the other and I felt calm. And I thought, oh my God, I have been so ignorant. There is something to all of this. Remember nature, we're connected to all of it. We're not separate. It's not like, you know, a separate thing. We are one with all of this. And so protection, I think, first of all, it's real important to just acknowledge the ways in which as an impact, you may be absorbing other people's feelings. That that's the eureka moment when you realize you're doing that. Um, because then you will recognize the patterns that you may have created where you've put yourself in positions or allowed yourself to be sucked into positions where you are wanting someone to be better, wanting, wanting it so badly that you've compromised in some ways your own health or safety even. That's an emergency if that's if that's true. If you're with someone that could harm you or has in the past harmed you physically or is emotionally abusive, that's serious. So you don't hang around for that. You want the person to have another chance, fine, go be, go live somewhere safe. See if they're able to do it in a way that's safe. It probably won't happen. That's just the hard news. But you do not need to subject yourself to situations that are dangerous. Um, otherwise, I would say do anything you can do to remain intuitive so that you follow your gut and you leave situations and places that you really don't feel very good about go home. Yeah. Let's talk more about this when we come back. We're on our last segment here. The book is the way of the empath. It's Elaine Clayton's new book. You guys, you got to check it out. This is Nancy. You're out. This is high road to humanity. And we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on high road to humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? If I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire. This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. 
How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit, and we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out, and this is High Road to Humanity. This is the last segment. I'm here with Elaine Clayton. The book is The Way of the Empath. We're talking about what it's like to be an empath. And I'm talking about protection with Elaine. And we were on a commercial break and I was telling her, you know, a lot of t- I have to cloak myself a lot of times. I don't, people call it cloak. I call it just putting white light around myself. Um, some people put themselves in tanks. Some people net themselves. Uh, I Sometimes I get in a phone booth. I try to make it fun. The reason I do this, and I want you to talk about it, is because, how can I say this? Um, I have to, I guess I feel like I have to protect myself from some of the negative energy that's out there because I pick it up without meaning to, what do you think? Am I over the top on this Elaine or what? No, no. So, so I relate in so many ways. So I will, um, do exactly what you mentioned. I'll either have like a dome. I picture angels around me and remember how real the imagination is. Everything that exists here, it was over there first. So when you envision something, it's summoning the actual spiritual idea of it. So it's real. It's not fake. So, and also I'll pray, I'll say a prayer that, um, that I would interact only with who God would intend for me to, and to have protection. That's everyone. That's our birthright. You get to, you get to have that prayer. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, it's taking the authority over the domain of your body, of your space where you are in your space as you traverse, because if we don't assume that and ask God to do that with us, then we, they don't, the universe doesn't really know how to, that God will give us the free will. So use your free will, use it. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that the truth of the matter is not all energies out there are what I would think are healthy for me. And sometimes, though, God does put you with someone to give them a chance or to help you learn one more thing. And usually if it's a difficult thing, you're learning something, you know, if it hurts a little if your heart hurts a little, it's a lesson for you. You know, if your stomach hurts, I would say it means that's really not your lesson, but you may be present for someone else's. So there are all kinds of things that we go through that can happen. But in general, 
putting yourself in, in a dome of light or a cloak or a phone booth or however you want to picture it is really essential, actually. I'm surprised people wouldn't do that. Okay. I just wanted to know what you thought about it because I do it. Now, I just want to say a lot of times people think I'm closing myself off to the world. I'm not. I Sometimes I'll put a net and say only the good energy can come in when right. I do. So it's really your intention of how you do this. I think. Well, let me ask you a question or tell you what I think about that. The disposition where people may think, what did you say? They think that you may be closed off. Is that what you right, said? Right, right, right. Because I, I feel the same. I think they'll think that I'm almost, they may think I'm snobby because I'm, again, it's that position of being a little bit observant because I'm taking in a lot of info and right. I'll, I'll almost be to the side in some way or, um, trying to understand what, what I'm picking up on. And it does make you other a little bit, but it, but from our hearts, we know we, we are not being, um, aloof. It's not about aloofness. It's about really wanting to, um, be in the position to be helpful and be wise in your space. I mean, you can go and not do that and all kinds of folly can happen. If yeah. you're not paying attention. Right. I, I've been in, I'll just give one example. I don't know if I've ever told this on the show. I went to have my pictures taken and I went to this lady's studio and I really liked her. And she had like a barn kind of setup. It was kind okay. of cool, you know, and she took great pictures. But when I got done, I started to get sick and I didn't even make it out of the driveway. And I, yeah. and I sick mm -hmm. literally. So mm -hmm. something that was in, and I didn't protect myself before I went in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to protect right. Right. Didn't think anything mm -hmm. about it. Something literally got on me and yeah. I had to get it off, which right. Not right. Easy. So yeah. what happens is, and I want to say this, and I hate to be so blunt, but we are of the light and the dark sees the light and it's drawn and entities are drawn to us. And so that is one of the reasons this has happened to me that I do this. Has anything like this happened to you? Well, sure. I mean, and I feel that because of prayers that we say, nothing really evil can come close. That would be like um, a robber running into a police station, and they really just don't do that. Um, so it's a disallowing of real evil. I, I don't allow it near. Right. Um, but however, mischief makers are out there. There's gradations of energies that, again, some of these energies a big shadow. You didn't want it. You were being very effervescent for your photos. And, you know, you felt that thing. It's, it's true because it's true in, in physical ways too. People of all types are all around, you know? So, um, yeah, I've had all kinds of, I see ghosts and things. And I, I remember being at a hotel, um, in Connecticut and, um, there was some, a young, young staff, and there were some weird sounds. I thought the door opened, I laid back down. And all of a sudden I, I, I could see this person. He was sort of tan. He had on like a leather jacket. He looked like he was from the seventies or something. And he's leaning over me. He My thought God. it was really funny. And I start saying, get out, get away. And then I would say, God loves you. Go to God, you know, mm -hmm. and they can't take that more than a few times. And then they do go. Um, but I, next day I said to the young staff, oh, guess what? There's an, I saw a ghost over in that part of the building and they, <laughs> a guy goes, what did he look like? And I said, describe. And he said, oh, I've seen him before. 
So, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why they come around, but they do. So it's, uh, but I don't, again, I want to say I'm not fearing evil. I know you're not fearing evil. You just have to allow it, but you have to deal with it. And when you go somewhere and it feels like you have to throw up, probably not going to go there again. Exactly. I'm just saying you have to be aware. I wasn't aware. These are things that happened as I learned about who I was and that I was empathic, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people have these things happen to them. This is why this book is so important to you guys, because if you have some of these things happen to you, you need to get this and read and understand it. I think the first thing I did when I started to realize it was an empath is look for a book and there wasn't a lot out there. There's not really. Right. I know. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I will say always saying how, if you don't like the word prayer, whatever, I'm just going to say how I do it. I pray for God to send angels. I pray for protection. If I get in the car, I pray for protection. Mm-hmm. I want to call in whatever would help me most with whatever we deal with in the world. It's not an easy life, this life. So we're inevitably going to have things that are challenging for us. Really? But I would rather feel I'm not alone in it. And I would rather have that disposition where I'm allowing good, what I feel is good and light to be part of it with me. I like what you said, because I, um, I call in Archangel Michael, Uriel, Gabriel, and Raphael every night before I go to bed, surround my house with the white light of the Holy Spirit. I do all that stuff, you guys. So I suggest everybody do it too. Oh, two things I want to talk about before we get out of here. One is it's really good to take salt baths, uh, sea salt baths, or even Epsom salt baths if you're an empath, or even if you're not. It gets the yucky energy off of you. And I just want to say that if you don't like baths, then you can put some salt in a cup with water and pour it over your head and get that right mm-hmm. I think salt is really important we're made of salt and water basically we got a lot of but um yes and um and some people go oh it's so bad for my skin no salt is actually really great for your skin so right. don't don't not do it because of that it's actually really good for your skin right and the other thing i want to mention that you talk about in the book is um tv change TV, change the channel, you say. And this really hit home with me. And I want you to talk about it. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, if a show comes on, you know, and it's violent, I can't watch it. Since I was a kid, I remember going to a movie and it was, oh, the main character was killed. And, it, and, it, and I remember being so distraught and upset. And, and my friend said, oh, it's just a movie. But to me, I experienced it like it was, I know it's a movie. I knew it, you know, but I still, empaths experience like it's real. You're not just superficial about the, what happened to the character. You take it. I feel it viscerally. It's a physiological event in my nervous system. I don't want it. Most of the stuff out there either has a little layers of, of sadism or, Something that's emotionally abusive and you have to be really careful what you allow in. And it lowers your vibration and it affects your vibration and don't think it doesn't. I actually have been watching like old reruns because I can't, I do. I watch the old reruns. I love love TCM because I watch the old movies. My favorite, you know? Yes, where there's where there's values and morals and all those good things that we have. Well, really good classic movies and they're bad guys and things, but you know, it's not the same as today is today we have a lot of stuff that's very 
Harsh. Uh, it's almost like, it, yes, it's almost like the violence has been ramped up and the disregard for feelings can be seen. I mean, every now and then something beautiful happens and that's not the case, but there's a lot out there that if you, if I would just say this, if you at all feel weird inside when you're watching something, think about whether or not it's doing you a favor. Exactly. Bringing down your vibration. We got to get out of here, Miss Elaine Clayton. <laughs> He's written a wonderful book, The Way of the Empath. You guys have to pick this up. Um, If you know somebody who's an empath, it will help you understand that person. And I think it's really important that people understand us, don't you? I do. Yes. Thanks Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. And your angel readings are fantastic. Thank you. You call in the angels for clients. And I just have to shout out that. Thank you. That was really nice of you. I know, firsthand. Your readings are good, too. So, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here for today. Um, It's called The Way of the Empath. Make sure you pick it up. If you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. Hey, I'm pulling angel cards on TikTok. Try to do it every day. It's fun. Got lots of you following me and having a good time. I'm working on a class. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. It's about love and it's some information from the angelic realm. So I'm working on that. So look out for that. And we'll have you back again soon, Miss Elaine. All right. My uh, total honor. Thank you. You guys have a terrific week. And this is Nancy Yerolf. This is High Road to Humanity. Everybody take care and God bless. Keep the motion. Can achieve your goal. Let's hit the Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. You can achieve your goal.